This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 207. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 207, we are doing some listener questions. It's Ask Teapot's time. Oh that's right. Shit just got reels uh, with a Z. And that's how you know I'm serious and edgy and not just making reference to new metal stuff which might pop up later on in the show. You never know. You never know with me. It's like the dangling sword of Damocles precariously perched above your head, ready to drop a break beat and bring that beat back at any fucking second. How are you all doing out in podcast land in the real world? Hopefully you are doing well. It feels great to be with you this very cold Thursday. This is a very, very, very cold Thursday. I have lofty plans tonight. They mostly involve recording, editing down a show, posting a show, and then bringing back a very kind of impromptu half an hour thirsty Thursday, bringing it back for my peeps for the first time from my new home location. Now, guaranteed, something will go wrong because something will go wrong. Given enough time, something will go wrong. But assuming it goes well, these should be returning to you every single Thursday from now on bringing it back a little bit of the thirsty thirsty interactions i have lofty lofty plans for thirsty thursday next year um but it'd be nice to just get back and chat with my peeps my homies my people out there in the pod land so this is a more relaxed fit week you feel yourself just snugging into it we kicked off the beginning of the week with a little bit of irreverence looking at a fucking amazing movie called The Woman by Lucky McKee. This is your bonus episode for the week. And then on Sunday, we're bringing you some of that 88 films Italian collection sexiness question mark. It is a cannibal movie after all, but this one has a sexy woman at the center. Rawr. That's all I have to say about that. It was a kind of timid rawr because I've not seen it yet and I don't know what the movie's even going to be like. Maybe Mankey is the bad as we call it and I'm fine with that as well. I will literally pump it to anything, which is a horrible sentence I never thought I would say, but you never know. Um, so, yeah, that is your plan for the rest of the week. I'm feeling silly. This is going to be a silly recording. Uh, it will be a sober recording, unlike our Doctor Sleep one, which I can't even actually remember recording, editing or putting out. And I've got the fear. I will not listen back to it. Some of the listeners have already said, yeah, Duncan, it's obvious you'd be drinking. Um, and I don't I don't want to listen back to that at all because trust me, there'll be three or four things in there that I know for a fact I will g- regret deeply. And uh, yeah, I don't want to regret anything because life's too short for regrets. Let's just keep trucking on. Right, I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. And guess what? 
motherfucking new metal. That's right. Why not? It's my show. I can do whatever I want. All I have to fear is loss of listeners, which to be honest, if you've got six and a half years into listening to this show at this stage, you ain't going back now. So, yeah, a little bit of new metal. When we return, it's your questions and my answers on Ask Teapots, another one of those kind of ad hoc, thrown together last minute episodes just for you from the heart right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper... Paul Romali and the odd guest host Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening.
welcome back. So hopefully you were a bouncing wherever you were listening to that hip-hopping, banging new metal. I don't even know if it is hip-hop. I haven't decided what song it'll be, but it'll be something bouncing. Putting that bounce in your step. Right, uh, let's do some listener questions. That is, of course, what we're doing on this episode. And we will kick it off with the only question I received through our Flick Chat app. That's a sentence that seemed a lot easier in my head, but when I meant to say it, my tongue was like, nope. I am checking out. Check, please. Um, it comes in from our good friend, Kate Pollock, who says, Cinema slash film is ever expanding and always exploring new boundaries. But do you ever think there will be a point where we'll have reached the limit of being able to shock and or surprise people? Or do you think we might end up just doing things to try and be shocking, but without any kind of finesse to separate it from just being grotesque and incongruous, 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 that's literally how she's typed it, she typed it five times and got more slurry as she went on, I'm assuming she was on the booze, uh, she says, PS, I don't think we've reached our limits or anything yet, though I do think what is becoming rapidly more desensitised to horror than before, just curious as to what I think of it. Um, I think we've always been there, Kate, if I'm honest. There has always been periods. You only have to go back to, well, let's put it this way. You only have to go to the kind of shock cinema of the 70s or the kind of um, the uh, French wave of extremity, which was predicated on grotesque kind of exploits on screen, torture porn as a movement. Uh, we have those moments where we lean back into our baser levels and the presumption is that what will terrify people is the sight of the things that are grotesque. And to put things in the context, just because that doesn't necessarily scare me, I know plenty of people out there that if they see even a nick of blood anywhere, you know, it creeps them out, gets under their skin, haunts them for days. So I don't think necessarily that it's a bad thing to go through those phases. I think... Uh, the way horror is going just now anyway is it's this massive tent with huge appeal right across the boundaries now and um, we incorporate so much into horror and there's a there's really a seat at the table for almost any subgenre to deliver what it can deliver and have an audience to experience and enjoy it so I think the only thing that changes as time goes on and you've kind of touched on this is you you're the only thing that changes I as the audience I'm the only thing that changes. Horror movies have always kind of been the same, but we as the audience change taste. We get older, the things that terrified us once no longer terrify us, and the older we get, the things that never used to even be a concern to us suddenly become, you know, at the forefront of not only our imagination but our fears. So I think, in answer to your question, I think um, you are the only thing that changes. You're the constant in your viewing, but the thing that will, as a lens, magnify the the fears that you have uh, or the love that you have of what you're watching. And that will change um, the older you get. It's very seldom the same all the way through. And it's the same with everything in your life. Your taste in food changes, your taste in music changes, your, your taste in partners might change. You never know. So yeah, just roll with it. I try not to be concerned with waves in horror cinema. I know a lot of people do. Like, I don't like this new thing where we're getting this elevated horror. Fuck that shit. 
doesn't really bother me um, because if you like elevated horror then that means you're getting a whole lot of movies out there that you enjoy even the term elevated horror annoys me but there are a whole series of kind of baseline horror movies that are coming out there that have totally their audience for it the one that springs to mind in your eyes will roll is Terrifier um, I, I didn't like it uh, I thought it was I thought Art the Clown was a pretty shitty character if I'm honest but I know plenty of people that love the shit out of that movie the Baz most recently watched it and said that he didn't mind it so there's two sides to that I, you know, I probably won't watch another one of those movies but I know plenty of people that can't wait for the sequel and vice versa there'll be movies that I enjoy that people just don't like there as well and yeah as long as filmmakers are putting out horror content and as long as people are going to see it I'm happy because it means that the genre stays alive whether or not I like what I'm seeing it's just exciting to know that there's still an audience out there willing and able to be shocked and or scared or maybe neither you never know thank you very much for sending in your question okay it's always great to hear from you let's jump to our next question this is a last minute one basically came in right at the end there and it's from Jamie McCauley he says with all the Stephen King movies and remakes that have came recently which other horror authors should be given some attention I'd love to see some Herbert or Kuntz novels get a bit of effort I think you're right to be honest with you I think the I think Kuntz has had some stuff but maybe not necessarily horror stuff to the forefront uh, at recent times I, I want to say that I saw something recently that he had written that had been adapted um, my default answer will always be Clive Barker he's my favourite author and I know we're getting we're about to get a kind of anthology TV show based on the books of blood which I can't wait to watch that's right in my wheelhouse but anything Clive Barker based makes me happy. I would love to see some more Joe Hill, even though that's a kind of cop-out answer, leaning more towards the Stephen King world. Um, the very little Joe Hill I've read, I've really enjoyed. I know a lot of it's been adapted for TV, but if you look at something like Horns, which I think was a massively underrated movie, considering it starred Daniel Radcliffe, you would have thought that would have been huge, and it wasn't. Um, like a movie like that, for example, I thought was brilliant, and... I don't understand why it never quite got its audience. It's maybe a bit too dark fairy tale for some people. But yeah, I think there's there's scope out there. I hope they give the opportunity to as many different horror authors as possible because there's a ton of really interesting stuff coming out now. Um, it's just Stephen King leads the way on this one. He's back in vogue. The King Renaissance, so to speak, is out there. And to be honest, all it's going to do is raise the profile. Stephen King comes and goes in waves and the next time there's a lull, trust me, Hollywood will be looking for a ton of horror to fill um, their screens with in terms of adaptations. And it's only a matter of time before some of the other big ones get involved with that. But yeah, in answer to your question, in the most briefest form, Clyde Barker. Always Clyde Barker. Give me all the Clyde Barker. Please, please give me all the Clyde Barker. So there we go. Right, let's move it on. Let's jump to more Facebook stuff. Uh, Aviar Wes says who is better or Xavier Wes sorry is who's better at hunting Creighton Duke or Dr Loomis I would say Creighton Duke you want to know why I think if Creighton Duke shot someone six times he'd stay dead I think Dr Loomis took <laughs> five movies uh, to, to 
try and catch Michael Myers and he didn't do it at the end. I think Creighton Duke had one shot at it, gave it his all and maybe touched his penis while breaking another man's fingers. I will always put that at the top of my list. Uh, plus Creighton Duke just has, I know it's sacrilege, Dr. Loomis is the better character. Or is he? Creighton Duke's my homie man, fucking love that guy. Uh, Tim Walker says, what's your favourite horror film of the decade? That is a sore question to answer, Tim Walker. How dare you? I'm going to spit on you, you filthy bitch. Um, I don't know if I have one standout favourite. Interestingly enough, I was recently uh, kind of posed a kind of challenge to sit down and track down what I consider the top 100 movies of this particular decade. And I got about a third of the way through doing a bit of research and realised that, whereas other decades, that list is kind of easy, you know what I mean? This decade is going to be really difficult to do that. I don't know if I have, like, a standout in my head right now, favourite horror film of the decade, so to speak, but... It's such a cop-out. I, I, I would struggle to pick one that I would say is the best horror movie of this decade. Um, and you're also ebbing a bit of stuff that's going to be coming up on the podcast under the stairs anyway. I will say, and I stand by my assertions, that this particular decade is the best decade of horror we've ever had. And if you think I'm wrong, then you're wrong. Ryan Jennings says, I recently watched Misery and all its blurry glory. What a blurry it is, Ryan. I've got that screen factory as well. And oh, it makes me want to touch myself. It says, what horror movies have you seen that you feel are better than the novel? That is a really fucking good question, actually. I mean, the obvious one that springs to mind, and mostly because it's in the cinema, well, it was at the cinema briefly, but its sequel is out just now, The Shining. I prefer The Shining as a movie over the book. I know that will upset some hardcore King fans. I just don't really like the ending of the book, if I'm honest. I'm with it up to the ending. Um, I really love that Kubrick kind of ending. I think it's bold and incredibly nasty. So yeah, there's that. I mean, other ones like Psycho. I think Psycho Hitchcock's version is superior to the movie. Makes some artistic choices, which I think work incredibly well. Even something like Silence of the Lambs. I mean, Silence of the Lambs is a great book. Don't get me wrong, it's a great fucking book. But through casting choices and the way that movie's shot, it just elevates it overall. You know, just in my opinion, I, th I think that way. I also think to an extent, I prefer something like Hellraiser uh, over the Hellbound Heart. The Hellbound Heart's a great novella, but I think the movie is just, it, it captures so much of Barker's creepiness. Um, in a way that it really kind of stays with you. So there's the other, kind of that aspect as well. Um, I'm sure there's loads, you know, that might come to mind. Uh, something like um, The Ring. The original novel is a crime novel. It's a murder mystery. But when you get into the movie, the movie's absolutely fucking terrifying. It's because they change things and adapt it to be a horror movie. And I think that's what, what benefits it, uh, to say the least. So there you go. Hopefully that has answered your question and given you some of the views. I think there's tons out there. I think when a lot of people are like, oh, the book's better, you're not necessarily wrong when you say that, but there are plenty of examples where directors have made the right choice, whether that's through screenwriters and adaptations or casting choices which have elevated it. Um, so yeah, that's my thought on that. 
Um, here we go. Uh, Tim Walker comes back and says, Doctor Sleep got me wondering what are your favourite performances by children in horror movies? Um, interestingly enough, I don't think it's necessarily one child. I think it tends to be groups of children. It tends to be in foreign horror movies, interestingly enough. I think the, the general cast of a movie like The Orphanage I think is incredible. I think it works really, really well and all those kids work well together in that. So that's one that springs kind of instantly to mind. Once again, kind of sticking in that, um, that kind of Spanish horror world. Uh, the, the two child actors from um, The Devil's Backbone are absolutely fucking incredible, as is a little girl from, and I'm just doing Del Toro now, aren't I? Uh, from Pan's Labyrinth. I think she's wonderful as well. So I think that's maybe where I ebb more towards. There's, there, interestingly enough, there's loads out there, and I think occasionally, if you get it right, it can really make your movie. I think when you get it wrong, it sinks it really hard. Um, characters like Bob, and it's not because he is a bad actor, it's his voice. Uh, acting that makes him so annoying uh, can kill a lot of atmos atmosphere from my opinion I think House by the Cemetery is a great movie I just don't like that character and as a result I don't revisit it as much as I probably should Mike Merriman says Aster, Eggers or Peel which director has the best one-two punch for his first two movies now truth be told Mike and you know this already The Lighthouse is not available in the UK and will not be out until January so not out for another month and a bit so Eggers is currently in a position where I can't answer that so given with the choice of who do I think has delivered the best one-two punch out of Jordan Peele and Ari Aster, I will go with Ari Aster. I think Hereditary is a fucking masterclass, and I think Midsummer is also a masterclass. Both those movies, for completely different reasons, top my list of um, just incredible movies. That being said, I deeply, deeply, deeply love The Witch, and if The Lighthouse delivers even a fraction of the enjoyment that I enjoyed from The Witch, then we could be sitting in a position where Aster and Eggers going head to head. Whoo! I don't want to be put in that position at all, because that is a tough fucking choice to say the least. Chris Western says, biggest dis disappointments, films you were way excited for and shat all over your expectations. I was pretty gutted at Army of Darkness at the time. I'd actually forgot my initial reaction until the Baz episode and just accepted it for what it was. Um, yeah, uh, you're, you're like a group of many other listeners who did exactly the same, Chris. Uh, movies I was really excited for that didn't even remotely live up to the hype or what I expected from them. I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've been viciously burned. Uh, <laughs> I like... I think most recently maybe Pet Cemetery, and it's not because Pet Cemetery is a bad movie, I don't think it's a bad movie at all, but I was pumped as fuck to see that. I was the most excited I had been to go and see a movie in a while because you had the directors of Starry Eyes doing an adaptation of a King's work that I don't think is actually particularly good to begin with, and those trailers looked good, you had fucking John Lithgow as Judd Crandall, you had me in, you had my bum on that seat, you had my interest fucking peaked, 
and I thought it was a very vanilla beige movie overall that at times got a bit silly. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the one most recently uh, that has had me really excited and when I sat down, you know, it just kind of fell flat for me. I think of all time, um, oh, there's been a few. I don't know if they're necessarily within our genre. There's plenty of movies I can think of that I was genuinely excited to see at the cinema. Independence Day, back in the day, I know that might shock some people. I was pumped as fuck to go and see Independence Day. I thought it was crap, for lack of a better word. And I still kind of feel that way. Gladiator. I remember everyone creaming themselves over Gladiator and then watching it and thinking, I don't understand what people love about this movie. And there's other ones. I don't particularly like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I think Forrest Gump is wildly overrated. As do I think The Shawshank Redemption is wildly overrated. I think it's a very long movie when Andy Dufresne. Yeah, let's just get to what did Dufresne do? Let's get to the good shit. Um, so there's plenty of maybe non-genre. I don't know. I think when it comes to genre stuff, I never really go in with the highest of expectations. I try and temper my expectation when I go in. It's one of the things that I try and not let too much side me in one camp or the other, whether or not it's going to be the scariest movie of all time or whether it's going to be something psychologically scarring. Yeah, I kind of just go in expecting it to give me something. If a horror movie can give me something I've never seen before, I'm a happy fucking camper. Um, and where it can't do that, just be a good movie. That's all I ever really ask. Abraham Ram said, If Wilford Brimley bites a werewolf, does it become diabetic? That is a good question, Abraham. I'll tell you why it's a good question. Um, because I don't know how things are transferred in the wolf kingdom. In the human kingdom, if someone is diabetic and they bite a non-diabetic person, they do not get diabetes. They do not get the diabetes. However, I think that maybe in the werewolf world, that is how it's transferred. So that's all I've got to say on that. I, I'm going to say, as a non-scientician, we might have to seek some scientific advice. So I'm going to put it out to all the, the learned scholar doctorates out there who have studied werewolf physiology. Uh, let us know. Do you have answers to this question? The people demand answers. Jamie Miskell says, not horror related. Have you heard the song, Dear Winter? Makes me think of you and Winter. Wonder, are those uh, the goals you have with her? Um, I've never heard this song. I should have listened to it before recording, but truth be told, I paste these questions over without necessarily reading them or giving them any thought. The reason behind that is to give you a raw answer, as raw as possible. I will check it out after this recording, Jamie. Doug Tilly asks, science crazed, question mark. Thank you, Doug, for your contribution. <laughs> Jerry Cortez says, why did no one go and see Dr. Sleep this weekend? Angry emoji. Uh, yeah, Dr. Sleep, by the way, is woefully underperformed. And I don't know the answer to that, Jerry. I've seen it twice. Uh, it came out slightly er earlier in the UK, so I don't know how much of that will have it in its first full proper release in the UK. I know that there are about a million reasons I'm reading online which make no sense as to why it's not doing well in the States. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I thought it was a really good movie, but that's just my opinion. I think sometimes people are put off by two and a half hour movies. 
that makes also no sense to me considering that last Marvel movie went on forever. I mean, like, someone make it stop. And that last 45 minutes was basically, like, the end of the Wonder Years. Remember when the, at the end of the Wonder Years they would recap things really fucking quick? Um, and that Avengers movie, they made that last 45 minutes and by God did it feel every fucking second of it. So, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I would have thought Mike Flanagan is a bankable name, but is he that bankable out with the horror genre? Who knows? Um, I would have thought the source material would have had impact. Once again, who knows? Um, and it did have some A-list stars in it, so I, I, I have given up on trying to work out why people don't go and see certain movies. I will say this though, um, if you think about the time period in which it was released, it mirrors the same time period as um, Overlord last year, uh, which was released and underperformed as well. Both movies, huge budgets. So I'm just going to say to the people out there producing horror movies, do not release huge budgeted horror movies in November. Try instead releasing them in October. <laughs> it's a weird concept. Maybe that will clear things up. Chris says, still hungover from Bazoween. Does Baz approve of my candy corn and iron brew slow detox method? Um, the Baz does not have the sweetest tongue, if I'm honest. It does not have a sweet tooth. Um, he does like the occasional iron brew, so I've been told. I've never seen him drink it, but I believe he does like a little iron brew from time to time. But I've never actually seen Baz favour the sweet over the savoury. He's more a savoury sort of guy, so... Um, but the Baz does never condone either. Speaking as his conduit, as his spokesperson, as his lawyer, his legal advice for podcasts under this, I can say that the Baz uh, says you be you, and that's all that matters. Tony Case says, What are you doing with that $10.5 million you're getting from a fellow handling the Georgie Romero estate after his unfortunate car accident? So yeah, I posted this in the Facebook group page today. I got an email through at the podcast under the stairs at gmail.com. Um, it was one of these, it used to be Nigerian princes that were trying to give you millions. This one came in from a Mr. Romero uh, and it was titled The Dead Trilogy. So clearly algorithms are getting a whole hell of a lot better. But yeah, it was the same thing. Uh, what would I do with my $10.5 million? I'd give it to my listeners, obvs. Um, my wife asks a super sarcastic question that she knows has stressed me out. She says, what's the plan now that 88 films have stopped with the red sleeves? So yeah, this news dropped two days ago. Uh, apparently, 88 Films and their Slasher Classics collection uh, have lost the distributor supplying them their red Blu-ray cases. So as a result, they're going to have to change that, which means, as far as I've got with my collection, eventually the case colour will change, giving me a lack of uniformity throughout my entire collection. She knows this is stressing me out, and she's just playing on it because she's a bad, bad woman. Bad woman that I love dearly. Jerry Herring says, what are some of the best and funniest moments of the summer top 10 90s series? Uh, as our good buddy, um, Mr. Watson, kind of pointed out that maybe he was uh, plugging himself. Uh, and if he was, well played, because it gets to me to relive some of the best moments of that series. He knows, he was on two of them. The 98-99 shows with Jerry Herring and J.P. Shaw were absolutely the tits. I loved them. Uh, mostly because one of them went 
very smoothly and I thought it would be more contentious and then the guests all thought 98 was going to be super easy and it became super contentious. Um, I think anytime we found that we expected something and the majority went against it, I thought were the fun moments. Those are the bits, anything that garners controversy usually gets me excited um, and we had a fair few moments on them. But of course, because you asked the question, my favourite moments were the moments that Jerry Heng was on my podcast, OBS. Uh, Tim Walker says, that's a good one, he says, what's your favourite first time watch horror flick you saw this year that was a non-2019 release, or 2019 release? In other words, I guess, what older movie you saw for the first time this year was my favourite. So truth be told, I haven't actually had a chance to watch much in the way of older stuff this year. Most of it, even though I think that 90s series gave me a whole lot of bang for my buck, um, I think if I was being wholly honest, I think it's likely to be something along the old uh, 88 Films Italian Collection series, if I'm being truthful. I think what they have in their collection is a ton of movies which are in my wheelhouse already that, you know, a lot of them I had never seen before. But where it becomes difficult is trying to pick the ones I saw this year that I had never seen before. And yeah, I'll be honest, like on that level, it gets it gets kind of funky and kind of fun. Uh, a movie like... Um, Muck, for example, I thought was really good. Uh, I'd never seen it before. Um, there are huge elements of that I loved. If I'm being honest, one of the ones I saw recently that I really, really, really enjoyed was The Fifth Chord. I've never seen it before. So sitting down and watching that movie, it, it landed well with me. But the majority of what I've seen this year has been new movies, which is weird because every other year it's the other way around. Uh, but it was a you know, a, a jally that I knew of by reputation but hadn't really seen before. Um, interestingly enough, the non-genre stuff has been really exciting this year, specifically the spaghetti western things, um, like the mercenary, I, I, like I really, really enjoyed it. And the same with Navajo Joe recently were, were two watches that just landed sweet for me. Um, so yeah, so I think probably the fifth chord's been the best one of a kind of tangential horror persuasion that I hadn't seen until this year. I mean, that movie is absolutely the fucking tits um, and I can't wait to watch it again. Jamie McCauley says, what are you going to do or when are you going to do the Bad Ben series? When they stop making them, Jamie. I hate doing series. This happens to me all the time. I finish doing a series and then they're like, guess what new movie's coming out? And I'm like, oh, not another one in that series. So as soon as they have confirmed Bad Ben has finished, trust me, we will run a Russian roulette on that one. There is no way I ain't doing that. Chris Weston says, I don't have any cause I'm so tired. Can I have an oral hug? Yes, you can, because you're a sexy, sexy bastard. And later on, I will send you a little snap of my peen to keep you warm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, the last question that comes in is from Jerry Herring and it is all the questions. So we're going to try and work through these. I'm going to read you the entire thing he sent me first because it made me laugh a lot. And then we'll circle back and do each of the questions one in turn because I believe they all deserve their time. 
He says, outside of horror, uh, outside the podcasting and horror movies, what you into? Any YouTube channels you dig? What non-horror movies do you love? Do you love me? Any video games that you've been playing? What are some of your favourite video games? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What are your favourite childhood toys, uh, like Mighty Max playsets or Monster in My Pocket? When are you, Liam Scott and the Baz, doing a sexy calendar? Favourite books? As a fan of the last podcast on the left, do you have a favourite episode or series they have done? What is something unique to Scotland that you wish you could share with other people in different countries? As someone who has went through personal betrayal in podcasting, what betrayal that happened to you sticks out the most? Okay, I could keep going, but hopefully that's enough to keep you going. If not, let me know and I'll do more. Thank you, Jerry, for saving this podcast. Um, you sent this in and then other people started sending them in, but yeah, this would have been enough for an entire show. Um, so outside of podcasting and horror movies, what am I into? Um, that's a very good question. I enjoy... I enjoy reading, although I don't get much of a chance to do it anymore. It's mostly kind of audible books, although I feel like I'm just leaning back into podcasting. Uh, but I do enjoy listening to a lot of podcasts as well. My wife would tell you, 75% of the day I have at least one headphone, one earpod is in my ear pretty much all day, even when I go to bed listening to something, uh, either true crime based, uh, historical based, or, or for entertainment purposes. I enjoy playing video games, so we'll circle back into that, even though once again I don't get to do it much. I enjoy running, um, and that was a kind of late thing, 2017. Uh, I was grossly overweight, I mean huge, as in oompa loompa huge. Um, and I started training for a marathon, and I lost a, I lost like 50 plus pounds. Um, and I've kind of kept up with running on and off intermittently, so I enjoy running, keeping active. Uh, coffee, I'm the biggest proponent for everyone drinking coffee on the planet. Or don't, so there's more for me, <laughs> one of the two. But I do love uh, coffee dearly, it is my friend. Socialising, actually, just in general. I, I, I love speaking to people. It's, it, it's kind of the reverse to how I grew up uh, when I grew up. Didn't necessarily have a, a huge plethora of friends, either at home or at school. Uh, I was very awkward. And as I grew up, I uh, kind of found myself, reinvented myself and, and just enjoy chatting to people about their lives. I find that like supremely interesting. Um, but above all other things, I deeply, deeply, deeply adore metal music. I'm a massive music fan. I've uh, a band for many years and it's the one thing I miss more than anything in the world is fronting a band on stage, of which I got to do quite a bit for about five, six years. Um, opened for sign bands in Scotland and did a bit of travelling with it and it was a lot of fun and it's one of the things I miss the most. Any YouTube channels that I dig? Trailers from Hell! I absolutely love Trailers from Hell. It is my fucking jam. It's Joe Dante's uh, YouTube channel where he gets famous directors to come in and basically talk over uh, the original trailers to movies that they absolutely adore. It's brilliant. If you've never checked it before, please go and check it out. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, I would say Philip DeFranco is uh, another one that I really enjoy. I've been watching Philly D since about, what, 20... Oh shit. Uh, 
2012, 2013 maybe. Absolutely uh, love his stuff. He just kind of does snippets of, hot, uh, of news stories and then talks over the top of them. So really like that as well. Um, there are other bits and bobs that pop up, mostly, weirdly enough, wrestling related. I, I don't know, the older I get, the more I enjoy going back and uh, and checking out like someone like Jim Cornette talking. I could listen to Jim Cornette just aggressively violate people with his mouth <laughs> like over and over again. So that's been weird. Um, I don't even, I can't remember the last time I watched like a, like a, a wrestling program. But for some reason, there's a bit of a, a ping of nostalgia back to when I was a teenager and kind of obsessed with it. So uh, that sort of stuff. Um, what non-horror movies do I love? Um, I am a massive fan of uh, kind of Shaw Brothers stuff, like martial arts movies um, from the from the 70s and, and 80s. Uh, love them. I enjoy murder mysteries actually more than anything. Kind of murder mystery thrillers. I know we're once again starting to lean back towards the the kind of horror genre, but I really do that. And noir, anything like kind of why shouldn't he? You know that sort of <laughs> terrible accent. Apparently, I like movies with terrible accents. No, I really enjoy that that level of things. And art house, even out with horror, if something's incredibly abstract and well directed, you have me watching it pretty much. Do I love you? Yes I do Jerry, with all my heart. You know that. Any video games that I've been playing? Um, yeah, so I've just finished that last Far Cry game. Ton of fun. Really enjoyed that. I don't get nearly as much time to play video games. I tend to take a sizable amount of time off work over Christmas and that's when I get a chance to play them. So I've got that uh, Man of Medean for my birthday, I think it was, so like a month ago, so I'm planning on playing a bit of that. I really fancy that new Norman Reedus, uh, Kojima, fucking Mads Mikkels game, The Death Stranded or whatever it's called. Uh, I really fancy that, I'll probably get that over Christmas and play it, but yeah. Um, what are some of my favourite video games? I like the Bethesda stuff, if I'm honest, like things like Skyrim and Fallout are like some of my favourite games ever. Anything that just has me playing myself uh, and my own wee world and require like about 500 hours to complete. That's my jam. That's the world I live in. I'm not the biggest horror game fan, if I'm honest. Um, I find them repetitive and, and a bit boring. Occasionally I'm proved wrong. Uh, Outlast is a great example of that, a game that literally made me shit myself when I was playing it. So, but yeah, for the most part it tends to be kind of RPG long play games that I enjoy. Uh, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? I think you'll find it's six knots. Um, what is your favourite childhood toys? Like Mighty Max, playsets, or Monster in My Pocket. My favourite as a kid was Transformers, the robots in disguise. I was obsessed with them as a kid. Um, or Visionaries. Visionaries, magic powers, they fight. Um, I love Visionaries. Uh, and Mask was totally into Mask. And it's only the last couple of years I realised how big into Mask I was. Or something like Thundercats as well, because I'm an old bitch. Uh, and I remember all those things. Uh, when are myself, Liam, Scott and the Baz doing a sexy calendar? If you guys pay for it, it will happen. As long as they say, if you guys want to fling in a little Kickstarter to make that happen, chip in some money, I will tell you right now, if you pay us £100 in total, 
me, Scott, Liam and the Baz will create a sexy calendar. That's right, you will get <laughs> three months each um, of each podcast. Or so yeah, there you go. Hundred pounds if you can if you can if you can <laughs> pump a hundred pounds and get it sent to split between me, Baz, Liam and Scott, we will make a sexy calendar and I fucking promise on that one. Um, favourite books well I mentioned this earlier on Clive Barker um, pretty much anything Clive Barker's done but I really enjoy Damnation Game uh, Cabal A Hellbound Heart some of the the kind of some of the stories in the books of blood for sure um, so yeah he kind of tops the list Mr. Begone Nabarat stuff I love and I know some people are a bit sniffy on them but I could read Dabarat all day every day for the rest of my life and never get bored and why someone has not designed that in a way to to make it into a film or an animation feels bizarre to me considering how popular Harry Potter was I mean it was like basically Harry Potter for for kind of young adults um, also Jim Butcher's uh, Dresden Files I love the Dresden Files if you're into kind of PI stuff uh, and a bit of the wizarding shit then uh, you can do a whole hell of a lot worse than check out uh, Jim Butcher's and uh, the Dresden Films also the De- Dexter novels the Jeff Lindsay Dexter novels out with the third book that is a fucking rewarding series of books as well uh, right where are we now as a fan of last podcast on the left do you have any favourite episodes series that they've done yes um, actually weirdly enough I'm going back through a lot of them at the moment Mostly because when I get really busy at work, I'm always listening to podcasts, but when I get really busy at work, I like to shove on like a whole series that they do to get me through. I love some of the cult stuff that they do, if I'm honest. I love the stuff on Om Shinrikyo, um, specifically the show they did on Waco, as well as Scientology. The serial killer stuff is the stuff that I enjoy the most though. Uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng is one that I've, I've listened to God knows how many times mostly because it disturbs me and makes me laugh so much I think I might pee my pants um, so that's definitely definitely up there the Jerry Brudos one's pretty amazing uh, mostly because Henry Zabowski's like impression is damn near spot on to how he actually spoke Charles Manson's a great series as well uh, I would also say the and I think it's maybe a little bit underrated but now that we have Lords of Chaos out there for people to watch if you go back and listen to their Norwegian Black Metal series I kind of think that's awesome I will always listen to everything they put out but I tend to favour the, the, the kind of darker stuff specifically the serial killer stuff but yeah they are and have been my favourite podcast since I found them on my honeymoon some seven years ago so that's how long I've been listening to them like way back they just launched the BTK episode I think when I first started listening so we're back at like episode 50 something uh, and I've been a, like a huge fan since so yeah love last podcast on the left it says what is something unique to Scotland you wish you could share with other people in different countries I would say like the outlook the Scottish outlook is something and when I say outlook, I mean our our view on life. I think is is wholly unique, and I've never quite found another another um, another race on the planet that has quite got the the the, the kind of outlook. We are like weirdly pessimistic, hugely optimistic in the same breath, and incredibly sarcastic as a as a nation. And I kind of love it. It's reflected through our humour. 
I mean, you'll have to look at a couple of our biggest exports in terms of com uh, comedy, someone like Billy Connolly or Frankie Boyle, to kind of see that where, where we're lying. Um, if I had only one thing that I could distribute, it's the Scottish appreciation for the word cunt. Uh, I want that all over the world. We use it pretty much like all the time for everything. And it can mean pretty much anything. It's all about the way you inflect it. So yeah, that's what I would share. And then maybe Iron Brew, because it's the tits. Um, he says, as someone who has went through a personal betrayal in podcasting, what betrayal that happened to you sticks out the most? Um, I don't know if I've ever had a bit. Like, um, I don't give a wait. Like the weird thing is, I have a, a close knit group of friends now, um, whether it's online or in my real life. Um, but they will tell you the ones that deeply know me, the Baz, for example, who knows me very well, that I have a thin line between what I tolerate and what I don't tolerate in friendship. And if you fuck me over you're dead to me like that bridge burns pretty quick I'm not like I'm not an easily forgiving person um, and that's something that has got worse with age <laughs> it's not getting any easier so I don't know I just tend not to surround myself with anyone that would stab me in the back I try not to anyway I'm, I'm very selective about who I let in uh, into the inner sanctum uh, so yeah um, your betrayal wasn't that bad Jerry, in the grand scheme of things, uh, only sounded bad while we were recording, and in hindsight, when everyone said that you were right. Uh, so yeah, that was all your questions. Thank you for sending them in, Jerry, and thanks to everyone for flinging in some questions and making this bonus episode a ton of fun to record. We're going to take a very short break when I come back. I'm closing out the show, and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 207. It's been Ask Teapot's Time. A little bit of listener questions to moi. And hopefully I answered them satisfactorily to your likings. Um, we might do one of these again probably early in the new year. And I look forward to hearing all the questions back. The more creative you get, the more fun it is to answer them. I know I copped out of a few of them, but it's mostly because I have ideas in the back of my head of shows that I want to do, and I don't want to give away too much. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the feed, leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out at Stitcher, Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, of course, Spotify. Visit our website, it's tputzcast.com, and you can buy posters and pins by going to tputzcast.bigcartel.com. Simples. Come across and check us out on Facebook. You can join the group page, interact with other listeners that listen to this show and other horror podcast shows, but specifically love horror movies. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. Alternatively, if you want to jump across uh, and check out only when the shows are dropping, or a Thursday Thursday live stream, you can do it by going to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. You can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputzcast. And finally, come across and check us out on Flick Chat as social media for podcasts and listeners. 
You can not only listen to the show directly through the app, but you can interact with us on a series of message board posts tailored to all the subsets that we're doing in podcasts under the stairs and just general conversation about horror. It's free to join and free to download on both iOS and Stitcher and our join code for Flick Chat is at Teapot's Cast or just Teapot's Cast to be honest. You don't have to put that in there. You put that in there, you'll get lost. It's just Teapot's Cast. I'm trying to confuse you. I'm confusing myself. It's been a long day. The podcast under the stairs will return to you, dear listener, on Sunday when we're doing Amazonia, the Catherine Mills story. Heading back into that cannibal Italian territory as part of the 88 Films Italian Collection series. So until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan Cleese broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Your head.